The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us once again with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. I'll tell you, Sue, two marketing days in a row, we've seen some higher numbers with you being on the final bell. And I know one producer took that as a positive sign. And these soybeans were absolutely crazy today. Well, they are. And it's because of the fact that the rains that were expected in Argentina over this past weekend turned out to be a fizzle. They just really didn't amount to much. And then you look at the um, uh, six to ten day forecast, and it's calling for uh, pretty much a dry forecast. And you know, and then that was coming into today, and then at midday, the GFS model started pumping in a bunch of rain for the six to ten day. But some of the weather guys I talked to think that's overstated, and the market didn't seem to pay attention. I think what we have going is, first off, you have the stock market running today. It's been up over 500 points on the Dow, and um, there's a lot of green across the screen, giving some enthusiastic optimism. But I think uh, the thought of, uh, one, the Chinese Lunar New Year starts on Friday, and it goes for a week, and beans usually will rally into a Chinese Lunar New Year. And the Chinese are thought to be a little bit short-bought in front of this, and there's been talk that they may have, in the past couple of weeks, bought over 30 cargoes of beans from uh, Brazil. In fact, there's talk this morning they bought between five and six cargoes of beans. So all of that's kind of propping the bean market up and giving it enthusiasm. Uh, today we got close to the previous little high we had um, at, what was it, 10.04 and three quarters. And we got up to 10.04 and a quarter, I think, today or something like that. Um, but I think we could take that high out, and then the, the key will be, can we get through the December high? If we break that December high out, I think that's an impressive sign for beans. The one thing about beans, you know, we know there's negative fundamentals, and we know we have a high carryout. But Argentina, and while they'll say, well, but Brazil can produce and make up enough to compensate for Argentina's loss, Argentina is the world's largest exporter of soy meal. And what might be happening is that there's concern because the farmers in Argentina aren't wanting to sell beans right now. One, they get taxed anyway, pretty high. And two, beans are thought to be a a hedge against inflation. So they're hanging on that way. And then three, the weather has them concerned. They're not sure what they're going to have for yields. So they're reluctant into making sales. And they're hanging on. So that's causing the market to lift as well. But the world buyer may end up being stoked to move back to the U.S. for demand. Well, you know, this bean market, I mean, everybody's been watching closely what happens and all the outside market influences. Are they kind of pulling the corn to the higher side today? Well, it is. Um, You know, it's interesting because Argentina's number two exporter of corn in the world. And farmers do move corn to sell, and so we're getting that. But, you know, you look at the corn market, and you look at Brazil, and they're down in corn production, and expected to be down maybe 10 million metric tons because by the time it's all done because of the late uh, ability of getting crops in. Depends on how well they dry out here 
to get that harvest done. So they're late in getting the safrina, the second crop of corn, in. And that is the crop that accounts for about 70% of their production, also accounts for the major exports that they would have in corn if they're going to have them. And so I think that by the time you look at that and then you look at Argentina's uh, weather, it, I think the crop production is moving south, and then you look at the U.S., and we're looking at less acres here, um, and 65% of the world's stocks are in the U.S. So, you know, if there's an issue, boy, if the U.S. Ha- comes back with an issue this year, that corn market, I, I can't help but believe it's not going to come to life. And truthfully, when we got down to 345 and a half on the March contract, that was actually at a wave five on the March contract for a lead contract to corn. So we should be trying to lift. And we've rallied, what, 20 cents, not a biggie, but certainly something better. And I even had clients today tell me they're on the border of uh, Ohio and Indiana, that their their basis is uh, running 15 cents over the board. So they're wanting corn, and the demand for feed usage is huge. Well, speaking of coming to life, we're seeing that with, with the wheat market as well today. Well, it is. You know, I'm kind of a fan of wheat. Um, I continue to look at the wheat market and feel that it's a market that had its first good year last year, and then it set back and took a chunk of that all away, and now I feel like this is another step higher. Now, we've had two waves up in the wheat, so to basically the market's hesitating after we reached a wave two. We're going to kind of catch our breath, let it work itself out for a little bit, and then I think it's going to move higher. Normally, there's a seasonal that has worked, I want to say, 13 out of the last 15 times where you sell wheat on the 9th of February and hold it till the 10th of April. Well, we'll see. That's, you know, does that work this year? It might not. We might be like those two years that it did not. But we did chatter on those dates and then, of course, had the government report showing 20 million bushels more in the U.S. stocks. But bottom line is, we very well may see this market still surge or try to chop around, kill a little time, and then make another push forward again. It remains very dry in the southern plains. Well, and in talking about the weather, I mean, the dryness in the southern plains for the wheat, we saw a story, too, to saying that weather's not very cooperative in the Black Sea region as well. No, it isn't. And um, they've certainly, Ukraine has had their share of issues. Russia, however, is getting some snow cover on some of their wheat. And that makes them feel a little better. They're expecting another big crop. But then you look at the Middle East, and Iraq is thought to be having a big shortfall this year. And it's thought that Iran might be kind of in that same boat as well. Good things to think about. Stick around, folks. We are going to be back with the Fontenelle final bell here in just a moment, where Sue Martin joins us. Another area that's come alive is this cattle market. So we're going to dive into that coming up next. You're listening to the Fontenelle final bell. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Join us, Sue Martin with Ag and Investment out of Webster City, Iowa. You know, we saw the cattle on Friday, Sue, start to pick up momentum. And you're talking today that they really have come to life and, and continue to see some growth. Well, I think part of it was last week, Packers tried to play hardball a little bit, finally raised their bids from 124 to 126. Feedlots wanted 128 to 130, and they weren't getting it. And a few kind of caved in. You know, I think even the feed, uh, packers lifted to 127, didn't get many bought, so they went back to 126. 
and then all of a sudden they've started to pick up light sales. So the packer, I think, has come into this week short-bought, and supplies are tight anyway right now. So I think that supported the market, and yet you look at the market here today, and it was clearly unwinding of Feb, long, long Feb, short April spreads, because the April and the June led the way all the way. Um, so, you know, it's a cattle market that I think is still spinning. Feeders came on like gangbusters today and and uh, closed 177 higher in the April, just under the $50 mark. If we can come up now and take the last rally high, which was up around 152 out, we might be able to start getting some speed going here in this cattle market. It's been a, um, It's in the process of spinning around and trying to correct. But, you know, the stock market rallying 500 points is certainly not hurtful to cattle either. You know, there's an old saying, as goes the stock market, so goes cattle. We saw some really lighter, though, numbers on the trade on the cash last week. Could that pick up some speed and momentum to see some early numbers this week? I think so. Um, I I certainly do think so. I think that, um, and I think that the cash market, you know, when we look at the, April futures, they're going to try to gain on that cash market and maybe even go premium to it. And so, you know, as we look at the market going through February here and finishing out the month and then into April or March, I should say, um, I know my calendar. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, I I would say that the cattle market will try to, to keep pace with that. I don't see the market waning here and just breaking down. Um, I think it's going to try to hold together. We have some spike uh, lows under it last Friday when that market fell and came straight back up out of there. Uh, it still closed lower, but not badly. I think that was that we had stuck a low and we were going to try to come into this week a little bit on the stronger side. Now, if you close higher for this week, then I think that's saying, hang on, we're getting ready to make a move. Now, we didn't just only see strong gains in the live cattle. We saw some triple-digit gains taking place in the feeder market for these cattle. Oh, we did. And, of course, my thought is is that, you know, the fear for the feeders, the negative side fear is that if it stays dry in the southern plains and central plains, if it stays dry, what are they going to be able to get for feed? And they may end up moving heifers that they were going to hold back for, for breeding purposes might end up moving instead into the feedlots. And if that occurs, that, you know, the bear is saying that could be a bearish thing for feeder cattle, and that's true. I just don't know if I'm totally in that camp yet, that we're going to, I know things are very dry, but I'm not so sure that we're going to see this market just cave yet. I think you have to be more into May towards the June period, late, last half May, early June, and then if you started to see something concern like that, I think that you would see that way on the May, um, August feeders. I think at that time it would start to peak and drop your market. Is the cat, or excuse me, is the hogs going to kind of grab a hold of this momentum from the cattle and be able to continue to push to some higher numbers? Well, pork production last week was a little bit on the lower side. Um, it's still though in line. Um, you know, it, it continues to just move right along where we ought to be for our weekly average. But if you looked at beef production last week, that slipped to a five-week low. And so, you know, it would be the lightest non-holiday weekly figure we've had since last May. So that would be a support figure. And then you take pork and you add that in. And so that would say then that your total meat production 
combined, it's still quite high. It's above 1 billion pounds or 8% over the five-year average. So that would make you think, oh, this is negative, but we have such good demand. And I think it's that, and we talked a little bit about the immigration, and I think I think there's a little, you know, we're going to get these weaves or wobbling in the market, but net result is I think that we're going to have demand for a lot of our raw commodities, especially when it comes to proteins. And so I, I, I think that the demand side is the harder side to assess in any market because it's uh, always happening and flowing uh, where it's easy to quantify supply. You can see it. And so I think last year was one where we had demand, and it kind of took the bear by surprise. This year may be another year where we kind of catch some moves. And I have indicators that I'm waiting till we get into the end of March because it's on quarterly data. And if they can, if they can show a firm, uh, a positive turn on these indicators, there's three of them. Thanks so much, Sue Martin, joining us. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.